Hello and welcome. You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that he's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio of Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I want to invite you to check us out. Go to SOH.Church. You can learn about us. You can plan your visit. We would love to have you come down, uh, but you can also watch our live stream, download our mobile app. Uh, you can get that also at the in the Android and Apple store. And I am excited beyond words today. It is the moment that we have all been waiting for, the moment that has been building up since we started studying probably, I don't know how many weeks, uh, five weeks ago or so. It is the moment where we get to the tomb and the tomb is empty. Resurrection Sunday. And just so much hangs on this part of our faith. We always talk about how he died for us, he died for us, he died for us, he died for us. And obviously, that is extremely powerful. We've been studying for the last few days uh, Jesus's his arrest, his trial, his execution, him being on the cross, what he said when he was up there, how he gave his spirit over, put it in the hands of the Father. We read yesterday on how Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus negotiated his body from Pontius Pilate and prepared his body, put it in the tomb. And the stone was rolled over that tomb. And so many thought that it was over. At that time, Roman soldiers were sent to guard the tomb because of the words that Jesus spoke. He said that I will be, he said, I'll be back. So they sent Roman soldiers and they put a seal on the stone. And so much needed to be overcome. And it is so crucial to our faith. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said it like this. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And your faith is in vain. Those are pretty strong words. And that is true because if you go back to the beginning of time, Of all the religions in the world, you get one of two things. One, either, and I'm I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about the belief systems outside of Christianity. Either the deity, small d, never walked this earth, therefore they remain in mythology. Or if they did walk this earth, they're still in the tomb. Everyone in the Old Testament, from Abraham to David to all the prophets, when they were put in the tomb, they stayed in the tomb. But as we'll see, Jesus did not stay in the tomb. Like we said the other day, our God is a promise keeper. And he promised, just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, that he would be in the earth for three days. But Sunday was coming, and here we are. So let's dive right into this study today. 
early on the first day of the week, and we're in John chapter 20. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there and did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went inside the tomb. For some reason, John didn't go in right away. He outran Peter. So there's some Christian trivia for you. Who was the faster disciple? Or who had the better cardio? John gets there first. He doesn't go in. He leans down, looks in, but doesn't go in. And then Simon Peter comes, and he goes right in. And in verse 6, it says, He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. Verse 9 says, They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So after days, of sitting and waiting and probably thinking that all was over, probably thinking that they took the last three years of their life and perhaps they had squandered it. I can't imagine. Some of us, we pray for something and we're tapping our watch. And here, some of them turn their back on Jesus. Others just couldn't do anything about what was going to happen. Some of them stood at his at the cross and saw what happened. Saw them stick that spear in his side and the blood and the water pour out. And they went back to their lives. And all that they could count on were the promises of God. Verse 11, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they put him. At this she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener. Remember, the tomb was in the garden which is powerful in itself. We lost ourselves in the garden. Adam and Eve committed the sin that entered into the world in the garden. And it is quite prophetic that Joseph of Arimathea would have his tomb in a garden as well, where everything that we would ever need would be restored once again. In the garden. Thinking that he was a gardener. He said sir. If you have carried him away. 
tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. So she didn't recognize him with her eyes, but she knew that voice. And if you remember back in John 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. She hears his voice and she realizes who it is. And she says, teacher. Again, powerful because rabbis didn't teach women. Here's another proof point historically. Again, if the resurrection didn't happen, we we could be doing other things on Sunday. If the resurrection didn't happen, then you and I spending these days together for the last couple weeks, it's all in vain. But if it did, then the world needs to know. If it did, then we are not slaves in bonds to our sin. If it did, then we all have hope, every single one of us. Well, here's a proof point of the resurrection. The fact that they allowed a woman to testify. And let me explain before you get mad at me. In that culture, women's testimony, oh, t- the testimony of a woman was not even valid in court. So if a group of men were going to come together and write a book to make things up and they wanted people to take them seriously, they would not allow for there to be a woman to have found Jesus's tomb. You have to understand the culture of that time. So women testimony, being what it was, would not be what they have chosen if this was not something that really happened. If they were just trying to make it up. Here's another thing to consider. Roman guards stood outside of that tomb. If the disciples had come to take the bodies, they would have had to overcome Roman guards. And for Roman guards, they would have fought to the death. Why? Because to allow for someone to break into a tomb that had the Roman seal on it, it would have meant their death. And speaking of defending your life, we're going to see that Jesus also now goes to visit his disciples. And I'll get into these, uh, these other proof points here in a second. But first, what Jesus says to Mary, he says, don't hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Powerful words. To my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord and she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, When the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. That night, the doors are locked. They're afraid of the Jewish leaders. Mary's trying to tell them, I saw the Lord. I saw him. 
And they're probably in the same mindset we just discussed, right? Here's this crazy woman thinking she saw something, these guys. So they're there with the door locked, and it says that Jesus appeared. Now, they didn't say that he knocked. Jesus entered the room through the locked door. And he says, peace be with you. And everything Jesus does brings us peace. You are forgiven for your sins. Peace. You are delivered from your iniquities and your infirmities. Peace. In this world, you may have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Even when you face challenges, peace. Peace is your portion. Scripture says that when we rely on God, the peace that surpasses all understanding guards our heart and guards our mind. Peace. That's what I pray over your life today. As you reflect on the risen king, that you have peace in your life, knowing that death is destroyed, knowing that death has no power over us. Like, it's, like it says, death has lost its sting. For you, for me, for our families, those that are still with us and those who have already gone to be with the Lord, the risen king the resurrection, the resurrection power that is over our life. The fact that we can come back from the dead, not just a physical death, but the things in our life that we think are done in the tomb, wrapped in the grave clothes and the, with the stone over the front. It's not the case because our Lord and Savior rose for us. So therefore, our study, our preaching, our teaching, it's not useless. Our faith, not in vain, not even close. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them saying, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. He says, just as the Father sent me, I send you. He says, you have the power for the forgiveness of sins. Now understand what that means, right? We are not God where we can say, you're forgiven, you're not. We would, in our flesh, in our human self, we would love that power, right? Our enemies would get nothing. And our friends would get everything. Oh, I forgive you? Yeah, I'll forgive you for everything. But was there a single thing that Jesus would not forgive. He tells Peter, when he said, how many times should I forgive, Lord? 70 times seven. More times than you can remember to count. So we don't create forgiveness. We announce forgiveness. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the ministry of reconciliation, and that's what we are out of 2 Corinthians 5. 
We are ministers of reconciliation. First, we reconcile ourselves to God, right? By believing in his son. Romans 10, 9 says, and if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, that you are saved. And now it's up to us to tell the world all about it. So as we close out, I'm ready to pray. I just hope that the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and guard your mind, that you'll go into today with celebration, knowing that the tomb is empty. And by the way, they never found the body. Then the disciples never recanted. They died without recanting. And they never found the body. The fact that they were looking is proof positive that there was no body there. And mark my words, had they found the body, it would have been written all over the place. They never found it. But they saw Jesus walking. They saw him teaching. They saw him pouring into the disciples. And then ultimately in that first century, the disciples did what Jesus said. He said, you'll do greatest things than I because I go to the Father. And I send the Holy Spirit. He is risen, and the resurrected King is the reason that our faith will never be in vain. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. We lift up your mighty name. We thank you, Lord, that you are risen, Lord God. So we move into today with that resurrection power, knowing that we carry that with us, we carry that inside us, and that we have the power, Lord, in any situation to rise above just like you have risen just like we you are in the father we are in the father and all that resurrection power is in our hearts and in our hands lord god let us go out into this day and preach your word which is never in vain that you are alive that our god is alive in jesus mighty name I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. You're listening to the 1% Christian. He is risen. We've got about two days left in this study in the Gospel of John. It's been an awesome, awesome journey with you. Enjoy this day. Let the resurrection power follow you everywhere that you go and the boldness and the confidence that comes with that just radiate off you today. Love you guys.